and for all time. So, so you said the community was also very much involved in this break, this friendship breakup. And, and how did they handle the break? And how did they handle the aftermath of the break? Well, I'll say there are two stages regarding that issue. One is um, what was happening before the pandemic <laughs> hit, and the other one that happened after, and it was more virtual, so to speak, right? So before the pandemic, I used to share offices with her and two other, uh, two other people. Uh, we all became friends, mm. so we would be literally physically in the same room for most of the day and most of the week. We created this, you know, this this community in that particular space. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, I started um, doing some things to help myself because I didn't want to be completely alone <laughs> and I was already having issues with that you know emotional and mental issues with the with the fact that I was by myself um, in my place and one of the things that I did was to create groups supporting groups right what does that what does that look like I'm not so one was a, a writing group I, I teach writing um, and I wanted to be connected to friends while um, writing scientifically as well. So I could have some you know, support and motivation to keep producing scientific knowledge because that's my area of research. She was part of that group and that group got really solidified. We would meet twice a month. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of facilitate the whole thing and teach some things here and there. And then we would exchange pieces and have feedback, give feedback and receive feedback from each other. How and many people were in the group? We were five in total. Mm, okay. Um, and most of them were, well, I included a very old friend that I have, that I still do. Um, we've, we've, We've known for we've known each other for almost ten years, uh, so I kind of connected new and old friends in this group, and then um, the other group was a reading out loud group, uh, something that I've been doing for now seven years. <laughs> so it's it's literally just um, oh get a book, choose a book. We normally choose uh, novels, short novels or short stories, and. Each of us, um, or each of those who are part of the group, read a page out loud, and we read a book together. Uh, and it's it's fascinating what happens. It's a very interesting way to relate to literature. Um, something that I also, you know, literature is also one of the things that I work with professionally. And the group was me, her, and a friend from, from uh, the U.S. that I met while, while I was there. Yes, yeah, so three in total. A more intimate uh, group, right? And yeah. we would meet twice a week to read. 
it's right. well, it's reminds me of like second grade, like being read yeah. to. And I, I, so it puts you in your child self. I think that sounds yeah, really great. I could spend, you know, like hours speaking about the benefits of having such, such a, such a group to read out loud, you know, the performance, the emotions, everything, mm -hmm. the voice, mm -hmm. training the voice. Yeah. So I would basically see her literally in the screen um, at least sometimes three times a week, right? And many friends involved from different generations and different locations. Friends, my friends, not her friends. When things started to fall apart, <laughs> I maybe there was a mistake, but I didn't know what else to do. Something that I, one of the first things that I did was to talk to everyone. And I don't know, now that I look back, I don't, I'm not sure I would have done that. Mm. Did you um, talk to everyone with? No, 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 without friend, her. Without her, on your own, okay. Yeah, so I would just say basically, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time with this friend. Uh, we're not doing well, our relationship is kind of not okay and I'm not feeling so good in the groups but the thing is that I created I was the one who created the groups mm -hmm. and I was the one who was facilitating that thing to happen so that that was also the the problem with this whole story right because I was a key person for the groups to happen so I talked to each of them and then the whole thing started right and the, the the whole scenario is started <laughs> because the friend from the U.S. would just, um, it was interesting because she didn't take absolutely any position. She was completely neutral. Hmm. Uh, she would uh, listen to me, but she would not advocate for anything. She would just listen and she wouldn't say anything. Uh, she would just say things like, uh, you know, we should do the thing that is best for you right now. If you think you need to, you know, get out of the group, just get out of the group, things like that. How did, how did you feel about that mm -hmm. response? How did that affect you? Yeah, it was, um, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> um, I, I didn't feel good. I, not because I thought she had to be by my side and somehow advocate for me and, protect our friendship but because I was afraid that my relationship with her would fall apart as well and, that, and that's what happened <laughs> oh so okay. Um, okay because she was completely neutral mm. uh, because I, I, I can't understand where she was coming from she didn't want to get involved I think she was doing her best but she was not supporting my pain she was not supporting my process she was not being able to see what was going through with me mm. and I felt somehow that I was being put aside mm. so the ideal response from her would be everything that I'm, I'm about to say will be unfair right it, because it's just what I it's just about my expectations, right? So mm -hmm. what I can say is what I was expecting from this other friend mm -hmm. was, well, if she wants to get um, 
to be completely neutral, I think she would have, I, I, at least that's what I, I would have done. I would have left the group mm. because I like both friends <laughs> and I didn't want those friends to, I wouldn't want those friends to feel what I was feeling, right? That this person, this friend likes the other friend more than she likes me. Mm. And those mm. are the things that I, I was feeling. And I'm not mm. saying they are realistic. I'm not saying that they're right. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that this is what I was feeling. I was not able to manage the whole situation and I, I left the group. Do you think that if you go back in time and you go to that moment, do you feel that you actually wanted to let go of the group but needed your friend's support on that? I think it was my inner child <laughs> screaming and saying, please love me more than you love her. Mm. Uh, and and feeling completely rejected mm. and in that sense what I was feeling was true but that was not what was happening in reality right and I, I was not able to deal with this whole thing mm. uh, so I ideally again I wanted my friend to say hey I'm I'm with you so uh, what do you want to do mm. and if you want to leave the group okay, I'll leave the group as well. Mm. Uh, especially because I had known this friend for nine years and she had just met this friend that I had the issue with through this group because of me. I breached them and they barely knew each other. Right? They, were, they had never seen uh, each other in presence. They just met virtually. And so I was, how is it possible that she's, she's switching? She's like changing. <laughs> she's just refusing my relationship over this other friendship that she barely knows this person. So all those things crossed my mind and, you know, anger and rejection and abandonment and fear and sadness, all those things came up and I, I couldn't do with them. I couldn't do with my emotions and I just left the group. Mm. How did you leave the group? I sent them, we had a, a WhatsApp um, group and then I sent a message to them saying that I was not doing well and that I needed some time off to take care of my mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. I wish they could understand Mm -hmm. and, and I left mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to say why of course because they both knew why mm -hmm. <laughs> actually mm -hmm. I was leaving the group and then I thought to myself okay twice a week too much I can't handle this but maybe I'll handle twice a month with the writing group so I stayed in the writing group um, oh and something important before I just forgot uh, before I continue they kept the group, the reading group. Yeah. The, just the two of them. Yeah. I don't know if they're still meeting because I don't talk to any of them anymore. And how did you find out that they were still meeting? Because um, after I sent that message saying that I, I was going to leave, this friend from the U.S. said something like, 
Uh, I hope you get better. I hope you take good care of yourself, blah, blah, blah. We understand, understand. It's totally fine. And then she said, hey, you, the other friend, I'll, I'll text you in private. So we, we continue the readings. Mm, mm, and then ooh. I left the group. <laughs> right. Then you were, so the break became, I'm done after reading that? Or how, how did that affect you when you, when you? I felt completely rejected. Mm. I felt, I felt, I felt betrayed. Mm. Mm -hmm. I felt betrayed. Mm -hmm. I felt that she was betraying my friendship and that she was disrespecting my pain. I understand that. I mean, I, I, this is my story that I would say to myself, yeah. I would say, well, I created this group. Yeah. I introduced you and now you two go off. What the fuck? Yeah. What yeah, the yeah. fuck? <laughs> precisely. Hmm. That's precisely what I thought. But again, I mean, it's hard to judge her, her attitude, right? Because she didn't want to get, she clearly didn't want to get involved in the whole mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. And she liked the reading group and she wanted to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And I understand your feelings, but I can also understand maybe someone else is like, well, I need this at this time, or I, this is, this is buoyed me up. So not personal. And it sounds like this person really is good at let me know if this feels true about this person that they're really good at setting compartmentalizing like here's this here's this yep there's there's no complexity i'm just going to keep it simple here does yep. that does that track for that yeah yeah possibly possibly yeah, and she has that personality as well, you know, mm. like, no drama, please. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't deal with drama, and yeah. then she decided not to deal with drama, um, even if that well, implied losing my, my friendship. Well, what sounds so interesting to me is that she and your friend, who you're no longer friends with, the original friend we talked about, yeah. are similar. Yes. <laughs> So they probably made each other feel very safe. Precisely. And that's, uh, and it's interesting because they met, met quotation marks, right? So the pandemic broke March, March right? March, 2020. Um, here, the, the lockdown started on March 18th, if I'm not mistaken. My birthday is on March 31st. So two weeks after the pandemic started, I celebrated my birthday. And what I did last year, I had a marvelous Zoom meeting with so many friends from all over. Mm -hmm. And I invited all those friends from Brazil, from the US, friends everywhere. I have friends, the ones that were um, closer to me, I just invited them. And that's when they met. And I asked them to bring that birthday meeting. I asked each of them to bring an object with them to show everyone that uh, somehow symbolized or described a particular event that they lived with me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's and great. This, this friend from the U.S. brought a book, one of the books, the first book 
we read out loud because I started this project with her while I was living in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We would go to cafes and meet in person and read for each other, to each other. And she brought one of the books we read mm -hmm. and she said, you know, of course, this represents you to me because, you know, literature and reading out loud with you and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then the friends I'm no longer friends with. Mm -hmm who is also a literature lover, saw that. And then she was, huh, that's an interesting project that you have. Mm -hmm. And then I was, hey, by the way, we, we are still reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you want to read with us, let me know. Mm -hmm. That's when everything started. So, okay, this is interesting. So the timeline is the friend you're no longer friends with that you talked about in the last episode, she got invited into the group right before the accident and everything started to fall apart. Yeah, a few months before. A few months, okay. No, 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 at the accident. No, 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 it was a few months, months after the accident. Okay, like, so, oh. Like, like six months after the accident. Oh, so you were, still, you were still working through things after six months. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. So that, that is March, right? Things started to fall apart seriously in October, maybe earlier. I, yeah. And, yeah. And the reason why I ask is because I, I feel like as an actor, one of the most powerful questions you can ask when you're reading a play is why now? Why now? And how things, how events line up are always so fascinating. Not just fascinating, but I think informative. They can do you know what I, so that it's interesting that you were still friends because in my head you were not friends with her like not long friends after the accident but you were still hanging in there it's six months they're still trying um so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. there was a whole period of things not going well but me not knowing what the hell was happening <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you know it took it took a while for me to start to identify what was happening to me mm -hmm. in that relationship right so yeah and there's one more detail uh when i saw that they would continue with the group with the reading group mm -hmm. i called this friend in the u.s and i told her hey i'm not i'm not i i don't know how to to handle the fact that you two still meet mm. uh, and I, I don't know what to do. And she said, do you want me to leave the group? And I said, that would make me feel better, yes. But I'm not sure I can ask you that. Mm. Mm. I don't know if it's my right to ask mm -hmm. you to do that. I'm mm -hmm. in a very complicated situation here and I, I, I just don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. the, the, the thing that I, I feel mm -hmm. is that I'm not being able to handle this uh, situation emotionally. Then she said, I need time to think. I'll get back to you. And she never got back to me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um... So actually, I'm... Two friends, two friends that I'm no, no longer friends with, mm -hmm. unfortunately. One of the consequences of this breakup was another breakup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and with the writing group um i stayed in that group for still a while for two more months mm -hmm. and then i i was not it was easier for me to be in that group because i was the spotlight right so i was the one teaching and mm -hmm. facilitating the whole group uh, but it was too much for me and i, I just i just, it, what was too much for me was just to see her as if nothing had happened <laughs> she was completely there and happy and and i was <laughs> what yeah. the fuck right yeah like, it's either she's absolutely good at disguising her emotions or she doesn't really give a shit um so either or i was not feeling good <laughs> So I just left. And that that was both groups were really painful for me. Like to leave was very painful because they were again, I loved besides loving being in those groups, um, they kind of they were nutritious, right? Like they they fed me. They like emotionally they were very important for the whole pandemic and the whole lockdown the whole thing with these past months that we've been living um so yeah it took me a while to get over those things and did and once you ended that writing group that was yeah. over because you were the facilitator you were the leader so it it ended it ended they didn't want to continue um and it ended uh, it's interesting because all of them except for my friend mm -hmm. all the other four no all the other three they called me and they still until today they still ask me to you know facilitate the group again mm. They were like, you have to get over this. Let's just, the group is much more than this friendship. You have mm. to, you know, it was so good for us to be together. Mm. And I just, um, yeah, I don't feel comfortable um, inviting them all to be in a group without this friend. Because I think uh. it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> if I if I did that. Why, why so? Why would that be ridiculous? I... I feel that um, it would kind of be interpreted as revenge mm. uh, or me wanting to, you know, fuck her somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or exclude her, right? Mm. It's not what I want to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I would be feeling if I just sent an email to all of them and said, hey, can we you know, go back to the writing group and then we have a meeting with her there. I, I don't know how I would be feeling. I have no idea. I haven't talk, talked to her in almost a year now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't know. Mm. But the idea mm. of seeing her doesn't make me feel good. Mm. Well, that's... So maybe I'm not completely over this. Yeah. It's interesting. I had gotten into a conversation with someone about about this because about mm -hmm. the mending process, the mending the heart. And I, yeah. I, I know that I feel like, you know, movies and 
media for sure here in America. So I'll just say that I don't is I'm wondering if it's the same in other places. I think that we don't honor that things take time and maybe a lifetime. And maybe even in my opinion, because I believe I believe our life continues like we we come back. I believe that. So I believe in past lives and future lives. I believe it goes with us to the next life. You know what I'm saying? So then they'll come back in. And if you haven't mended it, <laughs> I think it, the mending process is it's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's ongoing. I think I, I feel it's ongoing. So because getting over her is actually getting over myself. It's getting over a part of me that I still um, don't know how to deal with. Right? So actually, it's never about the other, right? <laughs> and so that's why it is taking a time and it takes time because, you know, getting over that relationship is looking into the mirror and, you know, seeing that part of myself that still needs healing, that mm. still hurts, mm. which is that little, little, I was about to say my name, that little, that little <laughs> kid that uh, desperately needs love and affection mm. and protection mm. and, and sheltering and, mm. um, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh my gosh. It it really is. It, it, I mean, it really, and I just, and my heart opened when you said, well, it's not about her. It's about me. And I was like, that it's, everything is all about us, isn't it? It really is. And, and not in a selfish way, but in a empowering way and uh, encouraging way to grow. How do we, how do we grow? How do we develop? How do we yeah. Yeah. She was at, yeah. she was, she was in service. She was at service. She was just uh, mm. allowing me to see mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Though, though in a very painful way, but <laughs> yeah. And two and losing two friends during a, a very short period of time, it sounds like sounds uh, uh, very challenging. Yeah. And, yeah. and, in terms of what we were just talking about also, and an amazing opportunity for yeah. yourself to, to explore. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily fun, the exploration. No, no. <laughs> I, feel, I mean, I feel that. I feel that. I no, feel I still, that. I still up, up, up until today, I still, there are, there are days that I still feel guilty, you know, and I still feel sad. Mm. I guess this whole um, pandemic has also allowed us to go through those kinds of um, situations in which we had to confront um we, we really had to confront. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we still are confronting our shadows and patterns, inherited patterns or behavioral patterns and traumas and our own stories. 
that uh, we have put under the rug for such a long time. What you're doing is inspiring and is what this podcast is all about, which is it's not about the blame of the other person or it is about owning our feelings, owning where we're at. And I feel like you're, I mean, just like, because there's no right or You're wrong, doing. right? There's no right and wrong. Mm-hmm. People just did mm-hmm. what they could. Mm-hmm. People just did what they could, including myself. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want wanted to say that you felt you didn't, an angle you didn't address? Yes, another reaction that was somehow common to all of them at first was silence, which is very symbolic. To me, it's very symbolic um, because they they were all women, not particularly particularly confrontational, and silencing the silence as in they didn't talk about it. They pretended pretended nothing was happening, and they didn't ask anything. I was the one who would approach them and ask about what they thought I. Sh- could have done or what they thought they should have done and it's very interesting right it's because uh, silence is in in this case silence was um, neglect and was aggressive uh, but again I understand where they are coming from because what they would say was we didn't want to talk about this because we know you hurt you're hurting and we don't want to make you feel even worse. And my answer was always, well, not talking about this makes me feel worse. Pretending this is not happening makes me feel worse. <laughs> I'm not invisible. Mm-hmm. Like the invisibility, mm-hmm. like I was being visible, right? My pain was invisible to them, right? And that is also, that also t- touches my story and touches my traumas and all those things that I have to overcome. So silence and invisibility were the primary reactions, uh, which is very significant. It's very, it's very meaningful to me because uh, I feel that this is, this kind of hunts, <laughs> those two kind of hunt women somehow. This is, sounds fascinating. I'm just not understanding. Uh, so what I was saying is that the, the first initial, right, the initial reactions they had were silence and invisibility, right? They silenced themselves and they made me feel that my pain and myself were invisible to them. So I was not being seen, I was not being acknowledged, I was not being heard. <laughs> I had to ask for that. Mm, okay. Um, and I, what I was saying is that I think this is very symbolic because I feel that um, this is transgenerational, you know, uh, and and it's it's gender related. I think there is much more silence and invisibility among women, and um, the fact that no one wanted to talk about this is mm. very representative of this. To me, so it was very symbolic, right? 
Um, I'm not saying they didn't care for me. I'm not saying they didn't want to support me. What I'm saying is that this was their initial reaction that didn't please me. <laughs> it made me feel even worse and not taken care of, not acknowledged. And um, I had to overcome this as well. So a whole interesting pattern to me of responses in terms of emotional issues among women. Well, here's my question. Would you think men would have handled it differently? How do you think a man, I mean, in terms of, and we're, you know, we're, we're using generalities of how men are yes. taught to move in the world. Thanks for that question. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I, I just feel there's more drama there is more there are more emotions involved when there's just women in the whole thing but maybe i'm just being very restrictive in terms of gender here i will say from my experience with men i've heard men say it's simple like get over yeah. it i mean so that there is no going into the cave <laughs> And that, you know, the cave of like pain or hurt or shame yeah. or, but I don't, I mean, and I have, I actually have, I have a future interview with uh, a man Wonderful. because I just don't want to restrict this to just women. And, and, and from that story, it sounded like it, I'm just, my, my feeling is it's more, was like, there was no conversation about it. So I, I wonder if. It's all of us, and we just do not have the tools. A lot of us, um, and some people do. You have, you are learning the tools, like you are embracing the tools. I, I don't know. I, I feel that men don't hang in the feeling for too long. They don't drag. They, they of course, I'm generalizing here, but I feel that most men don't drag those feelings. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a great, it's a great wonderment or a great question for all of us to hold. And if any, there are any male listeners, you know, please, I want to hear what you have to say, like in the comments and things like that. So I'd love to share to anyone who's listening possible avenues of healing and moving through betrayal and sadness and anger and all that. So silence is part of my story and it's, it's been here <laughs> for a long time. Uh, so the first thing that I did was to speak, to start to, I started talking to people. So again, I approached those friends we had in common, and I started talking about my pain. So everything I'm going to mention is not particularly related. I didn't start doing all the things that I'm going to mention because of this breakup. So I, I've been doing those things because, you know, I, I've been going through a healing, a healing process for a while in my life. And of course, these tools have also helped me have, have and still do um, to overcome this friendship in particular. Um, so therapy, of course, <laughs> helps a lot. What was at the center of the whole 
breakup, which is basically, well, my side. It's basically my inner child uh, not still in pain, right? Me not knowing how to love and honor myself and love and honor my life story and my pain. So I started to, you know, look um, to myself. So I started to use reparenting tools. So I would, for example, write letters to my inner child. Uh, I would allow her to express the anger, to express the rejection, to express the injustice. I, I, I feel that this word is also a key word for this whole process, injustice. I felt that people were not being fair to me, that I was not being fair to my own pain. <laughs> so I was not allowing myself to feel that and to, to express my anger. I was really, really angry in the beginning. I was infuriated right? um, at myself and a lot of tons and tons of guilt as well, right? So reparenting, writing letters, uh, screaming, <laughs> punching pillows by myself, uh, literally um, running helped a lot with anger um, and just getting out of my body. So, so allowing those emotions to express themselves and not, not repressing them. And some emotions are not socially acceptable and anger is one of them. I just uh, started not giving a shit about it. So I would just express my anger. Uh, something else, breathing also helped a lot. So learning how to breathe. Two other things were quite important in this whole journey. One was drawing. So I connected myself to art again. So I would just draw my emotions. That helped a lot. And the other thing that I still do is just I started dancing. <laughs> uh, so dance, the dance classes bring me to my body and it allows me to mm. get better at recognizing my emotions and get better at knowing where they manifest in my body. So I would recognize more easily, they would act more easily and quickly, more quickly as well. I'm not understanding that, that your muscles would. So for example, I know that when I'm very angry, I feel it in my, in my stomach and I feel, I feel that my, my breathing capacity gets reduced and my, my breath comes up here to my chest. So, you know, when I, recognize that more quickly I can I can act over them more quickly right so that is one example of how the dance classes have been helping me but I guess the the key thing honor the shame honor the guilt honor the anger and accept they were manifesting in my body and Give them time to go away. Okay, so you're feeling guilty. You're feeling shameful. Just feel it. Dive into them and feel this. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Please follow, rate, and review on iTunes and share with a friend who may be going through a heartache over a friendship lost.